Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the student of the game. I'm Kyle Nash, the student of the game. And here with me in studio, the man, the personality of this show. Always a Yeah, boy. Hey, but don't forget about it. Coming from the station. I was about to say studio, but from the station. The station sometimes is his studio. The local hero, Sumter County firefighter extraordinaire, Mr. Chris Rankin. What's going on, Chris? Uh, not much, man. Saving the world one person at a time. <laughs> That's what it is. Hey, it th- you know, one person at a time. That's why he's that local level hero. He's really doing this as a grassroots effort. It, it, that sounds good. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, the Packers are owned by the people of the town kind of thing. Except I think... Green Bay, Bay is actually in itself bigger than any city in Sumter County, Florida. But I digress. At any rate, ultra-packed show for you today, folks. Tuan Staley, a friend of the show, he's here. We got a first time here on this show. Ant- Antonio Showtime Thomas, he's here. Other friend of the show to wrap it up to bring you the NFC East, Big TJ, he's here. If I got any more excited, it might get awkward with me and Weasel being in the studio alone. But we won't go there. Weasel just gave me this look. Say what? <laughs> Anyways, things that make you uh, possibly say, say what? Um, you know, I-, I hear people all the time gripe and complain about uh, injuries in the preseason and thing like things like that going on. Jordy Nelson, folks, unfortunately, officially out for the year. Uh, I mentioned him because I don't know if he's going to alter anybody's picks for the North at this point, remember, here on the Student of the Game, the rule is your predictions are not locked in until the Monday before the season starts, and it's exactly for things like this. Uh, Weasel, do you think that might change your outcome? Uh, we are talking about Aaron Rodgers here. We are. So, and Jordy Nelson, the guy's got you know, he's got the yards, he he got the touchdowns, he's got everything. Catches. But they had a guy behind him that they signed to. I think it was like a ten million dollar a year contract. And I think they're glad they kept him. Randall Cobb. Hey, so his he, name might be Randall Cobb, but that was not a corny point you made. Thank he you. Is, uh, yeah, because I think his fantasy value went way up. And <laughs> yeah. I didn't I didn't look it up yet, but the there's a rookie I heard that's got some promise uh, for the Packers that most likely he's going to get some playing time. Okay. Well, well, we'll look that up and have that for you after the break here. But, I mean, Chris, is that going to change your prediction, you think? Chris, you're coming in ultra quiet. You may want to adjust something on your phone, but um, yeah, the the, um, the one that's going to benefit the most is going to be the second year receiver Devontae Adams, who was Devontae coming out strong last year. Adams, he did have a good year yet yeah, last year. That's true. So he's he, he's going to have an impact fantasy there. Um, that so with them, um, I had the Packers going thirteen and three. Um, maybe they'll drop down to eleven and five just with Jordy Nelson out. Um, just because of the threat he has. But like I said, it's a system there, so I don't think they're going to suffer too much. Uh, just insert receiver here. And then um, 
So I don't I don't think so too much for me. For also, Packers. nobody mentioning Jacob Lacey to help keep that offense balanced. That's why I'm not worried, and I'll leave it at that. So, But enough of the headline stuff here. We could probably go on to more headlines. But I'm not going to lie, folks. I'm way more interested in the man we have on the phone. Friend of this show, friend of this network here on NGSC Sports. He is the epitome of we never stop with all the stuff he covers, whether it be football, hockey. Heck, this guy even sinks himself low enough to cover baseball every now and again. Give it up for my man, the incomparable Tuan Staley. What's going on, Tuan? Yeah, you know, hey, you already knew I had to get that baseball shot in there at some point, right? <laughs> of course. We know how you feel about baseball. <laughs> Just as I know how you dig it like a shovel, and that's okay. This is why we're friends, man. I'm all right with that. So, <laughs> hey, you know, it's a good time all the way around. But let's go ahead and get right to it. I got the music here. We're ready to go. Oh, yeah. Nothing wrong with a little Autumn Thunder while you're doing your preseason predictions. And, and Tuan, one of the reasons I got you on here, just in general, I mean, you know football like a boss in general. Heck, I could have had you on for the West show just as much as the East. But I'm looking for a bit of education from the Dolphins. We'll get to them later. You did spend some time at their camp and that stuff, and that's going to be great. But um, I'm leading off with you for the Bills just because there was okay. so much that's going on there. I, I don't know what to expect. Rex Ryan is their coach. They got Percy Harvin. They got a whole lot of stuff going on there. Uh, LaShawn McCoy for Kiko Alonso. Weasel's looking at me like, you better not forget that. What do you got, Weasel? Uh, go ahead, go ahead. Okay, you were, just, you were just ready to correct me if I forgot that. See, that's the kind of crew I have. They got my back. <laughs> but, um, you know, they also have that stellar defense despite the loss of Kiko Alonso. I mean, just give me, just give me the short version. What do you see them capable of? Uh, yeah, I mean, defensively wise, I think you're gonna get the same as you had last year. You had you have four uh, potential Pro Bowlers on the defensive line. It's arguably the best you know defensive line in football. The only one I can think of that that really uh, comes closest to St. Louis Rams and what they have going on. But defensively, I think they're gonna be fine, especially with Rex Ryan there. You know, mm-hmm. you know that's his specialty. Offensively, that's the biggest question. Obviously, it's the quarterback position. Who's going to play quarterback? You know, I saw them. I saw them play the other night. Tyrod Taylor looked really good. You know, but again, we're talking about preseason as opposed to you know regular season game. How is he going to look in there the regular season if he's the one that starts? Um, I, I don't know. I have a I have like really you know reservations about picking the Bills. Like they could they could finish anywhere from I think. Seven and nine, eight and eight to you know possibly a ten and fifteen just because of their you know what they bring to the table on defense and obviously the upgrades they made. You alluded to Harvin and obviously um, John McCoy, who Rich Ryan loves to pound the ball. I think he's going to try to do the same type of form, you know, type of formula that worked for him with the Jets early on in his career, where they were going to AFC Championship. So they have a similar team there. They um, they threw the offensive line, Richie Cardito. You know, uh, minus the off the field stuff is a is a very good guard, and you know the Dolphins, you know, do miss they missed him honestly, you know, but of course he can stay on the scene. But right. having said that, if I had to if I had to make a prediction, you forced me to make a prediction like numbers wise right now, I probably I probably would go eight and eight just because you know, like I say, with the uncertainty of the quarterback position and uh, and nobody knows who exactly who's going to play, but yeah. I definitely think the Bills could be a factor uh, one way or another, you know, potentially for a playoff spot. Well, I'll tell you this. I'm going to give you two compliments. First of all, I noticed how you tried to go Alvin Iverson on me there. We t- 
talk about preseason. I appreciated that thoroughly for one. <laughs> we talk about preseason. Not a game, not a playoff game, preseason. But um, <laughs> I'm also going to have to give you great minds think alike because I myself have an 8-8 eight and eight record for these Buffalo Bills, 4-2 uh, and two within the division. Let me give it over to the local here himself, Chris Rankin. Chris, what do you got? Yeah, I got I got him going nine and seven. Uh, matching their record last year, but I got him going three and three in the division. Um, I think the Jets will. I think they'll, you know, split with all the teams. I think the Jets, even though they're not looking that good this year, I think they'll be up. That Rex Ryan left, so I think they'll they'll be up for that game. Um, it's just that the the Bills need to get their um, running backs healthy in order to have a good season right now though i mean they got like five running backs that are injured so well and keep them healthy to get back too. they'll be all right yeah because we know shady mccoy has struggled to make it full a full through a full season in philly of late put a bow on it weasel weas well so yeah they were nine and seven last year and uh uh but uh, this year it looks like they got some weapons on offense defense is solid but as like uh, some of y'all uh, not really liking the quarterback situation it's so weasel. i think it's gonna be yeah it's gonna I think it's going to take a, a year or so for that offense to get together. So I'm thinking eight and eight, three and three in the division. Look at that. See, and I can't claim you're copying my paper because you said four and two, and because Twan said it, because Twan Staley said it, it's obviously smart. I will not front on that. Most of the great football minds thinking alike here. Chris, one game different. I could live with that. We can move on from that. At any rate. Let's go ahead and move on. I'm feeling the heat of a dumpster fire because we're about to talk New York Jets. Chris. <laughs> well, last year they were 4-12. Uh, Rex Ryan bolted um, before he got canned. This year, I, I actually think they're doing worse, even though they added weapons with um, Brandon Marshall. They also got um, Revis back on defense. I think with Antonio Cromarty. Um, but... I just have a feeling that they're, they're not going to do too well this year because with their quarterback play there as well. Um, I got them going 3-13, and 2-4 and four in the division. Tuan Staley, have fun, my man. I don't think the Jets are going to be as bad as what people, you know, think. You know, I think I don't think they're going to be good either. I think <laughs> I can see them winning six games. Um, for some reason, they always um, seem to beat the Dolphins and you know, in the Bills, but and they always play the Patriots relatively well. Whether they, you know, they get they steal a game from them or you know play them really close. So I'm gonna go. Obviously, I'm gonna go six and ten actually for them, and I'll give them I'll give them two wins in the division, and you know they can get four wins outside of that because you know the defense you know that they have like especially the line and secondary. I think it's gonna be really strong. And they're gonna have to. I think they can grind out some games. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how Fitzpatrick's gonna do. His he's been up and down, you know, his entire career. But you know, I definitely think that they can. They have enough. You know, they made enough good breaks. I think they can win at least five or six games. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt and say six six wins for them. Yeah, I mean, you know, they got the defense there. They got Cromartie and Revis reunited, and they feel so good. All that other crap. That's great. Um, and that what I like Decker. And um, Brandon Marshall. Thank you. If, yeah, if you didn't know that, you could yeah. go home tonight with your wife. But um, yeah, that's that. Look, that's a heck of a thing. But here's where I'm stuck. Here's and I don't. First of all, to be clear, Tuan, I'm not knocking you. Everything you said makes sense. It's it's not you, Tuan. It's me. I can't get optimistic <laughs> about a team who has their starting quarterback punched in the face 
and it ends up being an upgrade possibly in the personnel. That worries me. I'm sorry. I'm with Chris, who even in his fanhood picks 3-13 and 13 for the Jets, and I got 0-6 in the division. I think they're going to be so bad the Dolphin curse goes away. Weasel. Yeah, well, they do have like a – I like the wide receiving core and stuff like that. Yeah, they are but good. on offense, uh, uh, quarterback, I mean, good old Geno Smith. Now, the guy was actually improving last season. Right. Later on – he was looking like a kind of a legit quarterback mid-tier. I did want to see what he did with those new receivers. I'm with you. And it's just that he had that locker room incident over a $600 uh, plane ticket. and I can't play the clip right now. I got yeah, the music going. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> but uh, the thing is, is that I think when in the locker room, when people saw that, I think they, they thought less of Geno Smith because supposedly he was egging the guy on to do something. And he did it. And, and he did. Well, so, yeah. I could see them you know, struggling. So, uh, I'm just going to match last year's. It's going to be 4 and 12 and 1 and 5 in the division. Okay. I mean, I guess you're kind of copying a paper, but at least it's not mine, Chris, or Tuan's. There you go. So, hey, and you know what, Tuan? I can't knock your optimism because we actually had someone on this show a few weeks back. And yeah, I'm making fun of you, Tuan Staley. No offense. I just can't believe you were brave enough to do it to pick the Browns to win the North. So I can't give you a hard time. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Me? No, I know I didn't. No, no, you didn't. Montel, Montel oh. Hardy did. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Oh, I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know you yeah, ain't that, that crazy. That is pretty bold. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I give him credit for being well braver than I am. But, you know, these yeah, 20-somethings. Yeah, I'm not going that far. <laughs> Fair enough. So, see, that's what I'm saying. I can't knock your 6 and 10 because at least it's it's grounded a little bit, you know. Anyways, yeah. uh, Patriots. Um, Weasel, lead it off. Oh, uh, this whole thing about Tom Brady, I think <laughs> I think what it's, what's going to end up Actually, happening wait, wait, is... Before we do that, because there's one problem we have to get out of the way. I'm going into this assuming he's out the first two games. Okay? Is that's everybody, what I'm doing. Okay, I we're think, all in agreement. I think that's a good way to go about it. Be, all right. But... I think all it comes down to is that he's got to say that I didn't cooperate um, and he'll ha- still have uh, one or two game suspension. But hey, I, I think Brady wants to go, get out of this thing all innocent, which I don't think is very smart. So, But, uh, I mean, they got, to, they got the wide receiver core. I think Randy Moss is even saying that he may make a return. And so oh, um, and they just signed. <laughs> yeah, hey, yeah. They're, I got a theory on that, but I'll wait. To, I'll, yeah. I'll wait till I talk All right. to so, I'm anxious, man. <laughs> did like the they just picked up uh, Reggie Wayne, and uh, yeah, I think uh, they'll be all right. So eleven and five, four and two in the division. Yeah, I mean, you could argue that eleven and five uh, is a is a slight worsening in the performance. Actually, if you look at last year's performance, um, they were twelve and four last year, and I would argue their schedule this year is easier outside of the division. However, I would also argue that everybody, except possibly the Jets, but I can't even say that because the receiver core, everybody in division is a little bit better in the AFC East. But the key thing for the Patriots that must be remarked here is that their defense is not what it was. Exactly. Yeah, see, my man already knew, all right? The best corner duo they've had in about a decade since the days of Asante Samuel at the very least. No longer there. Revis, gone. Uh, Browner, gone. Uh, yeah, he's in he's in New Orleans now. Gracious, I, I don't I don't know that I've remembered the name of a corner in New Orleans since Tracy Porter. Well, Darren Shop is not a corner, but whatever. The point is this. Then on top of that, 
Vince Wilfork leaves to create the worst and scariest nightmare in the history of defensive lines with him, J.J. Watt, and possibly Jadavion Clowney. Yeah. Look, Reggie Wayne is cute. I like that he's there. He's a great addition. I like the running back core. They're going to have enough offense. I think what's going to stop him overall is the defense. But that'll be a postseason problem. I have the Pats at 13-3 and nonetheless because of their schedule. 5-1. and in the division. Tuan Staley. Well, I may shock you. Well, first of all, let me go with the Randy Moss thing. Can, can everybody just give it a give it a break? Does anybody remember how he was the last two years that he played? He couldn't break away from anybody. Like, he was he was so bad. Like, remember him with the Titans and the Vikings that one year? Like, he was just not a very good wide receiver. And, you know, he ran one wild, and, you know, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't breaking away from anybody. So, for him to say he's going to make a comeback, I'm just like, yeah, you know, he wasn't yeah, and Cal, you know this as a forty nine er fan, he was you know, he was a solid he was an average receiver when he was uh when he retired last. So well, I can't I, imagine I, him at, you know, the age that he is now making the comeback. But having said that, going back to the Patriots, uh, I may surprise a little people some people with what I'm about to say, but I, I do like them possibly to win the division, but I'm gonna go ten and six. I just yeah. don't you know, defensively wise what do they have? Like they don't have a they don't they have the worst line in the division, you know. Which is you know it's okay. It's not great. You know, linebacking core is decent, and the secondary is not very good. They're gonna have to outscore people. And if you know, hopefully, you know, in their case, Rob Gronkowski stays healthy because if that all if for some reason he were to get hurt, not trying to curse them or anything like that. Yeah. But, you know, their offense is definitely not the same there either. So with Tom Brady, I, I'm gonna assume he's gonna be out the first two games too. Um, I I think they're going to come back down to earth a little bit. I'm not saying they're not going to make the playoffs, but I just don't think they're nearly as good as some people think. You know, they think you're going to be 12 or 13 wins automatically. I can see 11 wins possibly, but I'm going to, you know, considering the other teams in the division, I'm going to say I'm going to give them 10 and 6. Okay. Hey, you know what? I can't front on that. I mean, you know, and when you say some people, normally I would think you mean Boston fans, but then I looked down in my paper and realized I put them <laughs> down for 13 wins myself. So what do I know? I mean, you know, they're, they're, it's their schedule is that bad. That's my problem. But then again, I mean, I think the games that'll make the difference is like they're playing the Texans. The Texans could conceivably win that game. And I hope they do because yep. I'll be in Houston watching it. So, I, yeah, that would be cool, actually. Because J.J. Watt. Anyways, no, that's all legit. That's all legit. Uh, okay, Weasel, knock it down. Well, uh, <laughs> for the Patriots? Yeah. Well, Adam, 11-5 uh, and 4-2. and two. Okay, cool. Yeah. And then 11-5 and 4-2. and two. The reason why I got confused is because somebody has their answers already written on here, and it threw me off. Chris, uh-huh. Patriots. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I got the weasel paper here. I got eleven five four and two. I got I got as Tom Brady is, um, you know, missing out the first two games, and I actually got the Patriots losing both of those games, one to the Steelers and the other one to the Bills. So, um, yeah, I, even eleven five, I think might be a stretch because of how, with the players they lost on defense. But yeah, uh, like you said, like you like you said that their teams to play against this year is easy, and so that's how I got them with eleven wins. Fair enough. We, we both agree that they're worse, a worse team than they were last year. And um, I'll pop quiz. Patriots in the Super Bowl, yes or no? I say no. Weasel. Uh, no. Chris. No. Tuan Staley. No. Unanimous in the lack of a return. Hopefully we won't live to regret that later. 
And now that will, with that, we'll wrap it up with this division with the Miami Dolphins. Tuan Staley, man, give us the inside scoop. You've been there. You've been watching it. Um, I think you and I both had the same concern initially for this team, and that would be the beef on the offensive line. How they got you feeling? Uh, if all they need really is the guard situation, and if Brandon Albert um, comes back healthy and when he comes back, that's really the main concern. I think once they get Albert back, I think the line will be much, you know, obviously be much better. And then, you know, they they have a lot of issues with the guards, but you just need those two guards, um, Dallas Thomas and uh, Billy Turner, to be average. If they can do that, you know, to improve Ryan Tannehill does look really, really sharp. Again, like I say, I cost it is preseason, but I do, you know, you see something, you know, different in him. Like, and, you know, you look at his career, he's gotten better each year that he's played. And he's one of the few quarterbacks that you can say that has done that, especially in his first three years in the league. And obviously they made, you know, some upgrades defensively, most like, you know, most notably uh, the Dominic Sue. You know, coming down the offensive defensive line, excuse me, which you know I think it's going to be just a terror for you know offensive coordinator to figure out who they want to double team between him and Cameron Wake. Mm-hmm. I, I I really, you know, I really like you know what they've done, and I'm I'm, I'm kind of uh, cautiously optimistic about them. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give them ten wins, but I, I'm, I'm saying it very cautiously because you know we've done this before with the Dolphins, and they have a tendency to lose games that they they should win. But I, I do feel something different with the team. They're a lot more loose and relaxed and confident, and you know, with the upgrades that they made, and they're definitely um, they have a shot. They definitely have a shot. But it's really indicative of how much progression Ryan Tannehill uh, improves in his um, fourth year playing. So I'm going to go ten wins. And since y'all doing the division thing, I would say uh, I'll say four and two in the division. Tuan Staley, we are again of one mind. I too have ten and six and four and two in the division. And for once, for the first time in a long time, I'm going to say it's because I'm excited about this Dolphins offense. This receiver yeah. core is something special. And, oh, by the way, Jordan Cameron, I always say it backwards. I just did it again, didn't I? Crap. There, there are <laughs> actually two players in the NFL. Jordan Cameron, Jordan Cameron and Cameron Jordan. Jordan. Yeah, and then I always make the same, same mistake every time by mixing up their name. But, anyways, the tight end they got from Cleveland, holy crap. He's actually in the running for being possibly the best receiver in this group, and that's not a knock on this group. I just think he's a good tight end. But, I mean, that many weapons out front, and I like how Tuan Staley cited they may not necessarily need great guards. They're not running the football all that much, I don't think. I mean, maybe against the Patriots because there's no Vince Wilfork. But, yeah, uh, offense in, in, in Miami. Sweet. I uh, guess. Yeah. <laughs> Four. Uh, in the first round, uh, didn't they decide uh, Devontae Parker? It was was yeah, that was the Dolphins, right? Uh, how's he looking? Because uh, he was uh, he was someone that I was hoping the the Vikings would pick because he did. Uh, I think him and Teddy Bridgewater were a good duo. So uh, how's he doing? Uh, um, he's still um, well. He just got off the PUP list and he had foot surgery. Uh, if you remember him in college, like he had some issues uh, with his foot. And the Dolphins had they gave they had surgeries kind of correct screws in his foot from uh, when he was in Louisville. So he had been, he's been out he was out all training camp like they just took him off the PUP list and yeah they're starting to he's starting to get more you know playing more in practice and this week we'll see uh, if he plays in the third preseason game. But you know I think he'll be a factor at some point. They're gonna bring him along slowly and then you know obviously you know the thing is like they don't have to rush him back because uh, Rashad Matthews. 
who's been kind of like their fourth wide receiver, has played re- has really good camp. Yes. So you add him. You had you have Greg Jennings. Kenny Stills is returning, uh, and you obviously got Jarvis Landry, who nobody really talks about. He had he had a really good rookie year last year. Now he's supposed to have an even bigger you know sophomore year. So they're very deep at wide receiver. They don't they don't need um, they're not going to ask Devontae Parker to do a lot at least not right away because one they don't want to rush him back and two. You know, they have other players that are capable of stepping in right away. But I think this bit playability, you can't deny, is going to really help Ryan Tannehill, especially in the red zone. Yeah, there you go. It's tough. See, and, don't, and don't worry too much that Weasel asked you that question there. It's kind of like when that when when a dude checks up on his ex a little bit. The lead was he thought he thought that the Vikings were going to pick him up. So, you know. It was, it was a big possibility. Uh, it was. It was. I, I might even argue that they should have. But that's a different topic. Four different I thought days. so too. I thought he. I thought that was a possibility for him too. But once he, uh, once they took Trey Wayans, I was. Uh-huh. I figured the Dolphins would definitely take off Parker. Yeah, without a doubt. It's okay. It just wasn't meant to be, Weasel. It's okay. Hey, it's okay. It happens. Weasel, put a bow on it. Your prediction for the Dolphins, sir. Uh, one thing about the Dolphins that uh, I was kind of surprised on with uh, Nadamik and Sue is that kind of on the field at times he's you know looks like a kind of a dirty player and stuff. But when he when he went to the uh, Dolphins, the guy's been helping out like his defensive line, and they're saying that he really is you know uh, taking his time to you know uh, improve them. So uh, I thought that was pretty cool. But I can see the Dolphins actually possibly getting a wild card. So I'm giving them a ten and six and a four and two in the division. Weasel copying my paper again. Chris, explain your optimism. <laughs> <laughs> This what what they did on off this year with um with with the receiver Greg Jennings, Kenny Stills, uh, getting uh, Jordan Cameron in there. Um, they they're, they just improved on offense. Then adding Dominican Sue to their defense that they already had, who wasn't bad. Um, they're just going to improve. I mean, last year they're eight and eight. This year, I just with the additions they have, I think they're going to go eleven and five. Um, but they're only going to go three and three in the division. They're going to split in the division, so um, I think they're just going to be edged out by the Patriots for the division. You know, it, it, picking three and three in the AFC East, and I got to give Tuan Staley credit for pointing this out because I would have done it anyway. But he sounds smarter than me just because. But the truth is this: that the, the, the physics in this division are among the strangest you've ever seen. I, I, I still don't know. Is it the weather? Is it home field? Is it who knows? But at the end of the it day, depends. It, it, it definitely depends on what the Dolphins like. They always have trouble put beating Buffalo in Buffalo. They beat the Jets. They beat the Jets in New York, but for some reason they can't beat them in Miami. Lucky enough, they don't <laughs> play them in Miami this year. So yeah, right. And yeah, you know England. the Patriots like they split. <laughs> they tend to split. They play playing well in Miami and struggle when they go to New England. So. Yeah, uh, yeah, they'll get to go to England and New England. Very interesting. I never thought of it that way before. <laughs> but I would argue this year the games that the Dolphins are at risk of losing that they should have won would be the Ravens and the Texans, and I might even put the Chargers on there as uh, as potential a- Admiral Akbar games, as I call them anyways. Yeah, they got a brutal um, stretch down in December. Like they, they were going to find out a lot about them, like, that five-game stretch early in December and, you know, the game in January is like as brutal as anybody in the NFL, at least going into the season. Bingo. I can't put it better, Tuan Staley, and why would I try? 
uh, with that, um, I'll tell you what, man. That uh, we're gonna have you back on again because you're awesome. Um, I, yeah, I, I'm I'm speechless because a lot of the things you said, I'm like, I was gonna say that, but there you go. Great football minds, folks. Tawn Staley, tell all, tell the people in all the various places they can find you, man. Uh, you can find me uh, Sports Talk Florida, um, Athlon Sports. Uh, I do NFL and also do college, some college football stuff. If um, that, that interests you as well, um, we'll be doing a lot with that. Miami Hurricanes and Florida Gators, and also you can find me at Pro Player Insider. So, and on Twitter, on Twitter, and Antoine Staley as well. Yeah, before you go, I gotta ask because the one place, the one place I I, I couldn't help get you involved in myself was the Miami Hurricanes, man. How are you digging covering that? Is that a good experience? Uh, I mean, it's it, it's kind of a tight ship over there with Al Gold. And so, it's, you know, it's you're very limited assets. But, you know, you do you do what you can. But, uh, I, you know, I understand, like, some coaches are like that. But, you know, it's it's all good. No, it's, it's a fun experience. And, you know, I'm having fun with it covering college sports. And, you know, you kind of, you know, you do NFL and you do college and you kind of see, you know, what the differences is, differences are, excuse me. And you see a lot more yelling, you know, in college, in the college practices than you do the NFL. It's a lot more, you know, direction being taught, you know, with um, Al Golden in Miami as opposed to the Dolphins where they just, you know, trying to tell them, like, you know, come over here and do this drill and that's it. So, you know, I understand, like, you got a lot of younger, um, lot of, lot of young players there, so. You're going to have to uh, get them in the right direction. So apparently there's a lot more control of the press and the players. Fair enough. I can... <laughs> I <see your laughs> yes, correct. Fair enough, man. Yeah, I'm glad that's going good for you. And, uh, hey, look, man, we'll talk to you again soon. Well, because Tuan Staley, and if you need another reason, that's a you problem, man. Check him out, whatever sport you might like. Heck, I don't know. Have you gotten credits to water polo yet? I'm just asking. The Olympics are going to come soon, so, you know. Hey, you know what? I, I I need to start working on that. It is in Brazil next year, so. Uh, but yeah, I need I may need to start. But then again, if I go there, you may not see me again. So I've I've heard this rumor about what happens when single dudes go to Brazil. I'm just saying. Anyway, yeah, not, yeah. <laughs> you, you don't have to elaborate. You don't have to. I, I don't want to get you in trouble, Twan Staley. You. <laughs> All right, man. You have a fantastic evening, man. We'll catch you. Thank you. All right, y'all take care. All right, you too, Tuan. The incomparable Tuan Staley. I like a lot of the stuff that he had there, man. That was fantastic. Um, shoot. All right, cool. With that, we're going to take a quick break while we bring in our next guest and convert over to the NFC East. You're listening to the student of the game on NGSC Sports. You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com, where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. <laughs> I knew Weasel Weasel would be ready for that. <laughs> Welcome back, of course, to the Student of the Game. I am your host, Kyle Nash, Student of the Game, here with, I got to do it again, Weasel Weasel. Yeah, boy. And, of course, Sumter County's finest local hero, Chris Rankin, calling from the station, doing his thing. 
AFC East breakdown was cool. We had Dwan Staley. We'll have Big TJ next. But I had to go with a little DMX because I thought he was the right mix of grace and passion to capture my next guest here. This is a guy who I'm bringing aboard simply because I've seen him be smart and I've seen him bring heart. That's what he does. His name is Antonio Thomas, but he goes better by Showtime. What's going on, Showtime? How you doing tonight? Hey, how you doing, Kai? Everything's good. How you doing, baby? Hey, man. Look, I'm, I'm looking forward to this breakdown here, man, having you aboard doing this whole thing. And, and I, think, I think you're going to be the wisest cowboy fan I interact with to ask this question to. This is a, a topic that, that has been talked a lot about a lot on this show, and you're going to know already what I'm talking about when I say it. Was it a catch? Des Bryant... In that playoff game, was it a catch? Well, I mean, when we talk about it now, what was the first thing you say? You remember that catch that Des Bryant had? That's the first thing people say. You remember that? They say you remember that drop he had? They say you remember that catch he had? So I mean, that's that's one thing I think the NFL needs to revisit is that law, like change something because Calvin Johnson did maybe a couple years ago and mm-hmm. and like when you saw that catch you saw you, you said the same thing you saw that game winning catch Calvin Johnson made and you know it's just kind of crazy how that took the momentum out of the Cowboys um, seat game practically the whole season and we were one step away from going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, that that, def- that definitely did take the wind out of the sails in that game, and, and it did stop their postseason run. And, and and I like what you did there. I never thought about the psychological aspect. No one ever says the incomplete pass. They all say that catch. That's interesting. I mean. It- exactly. That's what that's what people say when whenever me, you, anybody else talks about it. He's like, you remember that catch Des Bryant had, and they said it wasn't a catch? They don't say, you remember that drop? You remember that incomplete pass? You remember that overrule? They say you remember that catch. Because anybody that watching the game, I mean, I was watching that game, Kyle, and the ball went in the air. Romo, it was on, it was on fourth down. Romo threw it. He caught the, Des caught the ball, and I was I went from, yeah, to – you know, throwing stuff all over my living room. <laughs> to what the bleep? No, I know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> hey, me too, and I'm not even a follower of the Cowboys. I, I just like seeing good football happen the way it does, and I would even argue that there's parts of the rule book that said that that was a catch. He took more than two steps and made a football move, and just going to try to tell me he didn't do anything. Weasel, you're chomping at the bit. What do you got? One thing that I noticed uh, is that there's no consistency about what is a catch of the NFL? Bingo. Because uh, whenever there's like a tight end or a wide receiver doing a slant route, and uh, he catches the pass, he takes two steps, gets hit, fumbles. Why is that right there? Why is that a catch? And then when Des Bryant, I think he got both feet down, had control, was diving for the, the cone and stuff, and uh, that's not a catch. So it's I would think that catch one, two, and then that's it. But Boom. Coming down with the ball, it's like, really? But the thing about it is that you got to be, players need to be, it stinks that, that it's a roll, but players got to be more conscious of getting the ball into your body and uh, well, not yeah. risking that kind of stuff. But I mean, well, the, you're supposed to catch with your hand solid and then after that bring it into your body if you want proper form. Yeah. I mean, if you want proper form on how to catch, just watch my man Showtime on the field. But that's a different topic for a different day. What I'm trying to say is this. Is 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 I, I got to give you credit, Tone. You're, you're right that I think this has to be re- revisited in the rule book itself, simply on the fact that nobody knows what the hell a catch really is right now, and that's kind of a basic element of the game. How do you blow that? I don't even know. I don't even know. Exactly. That's exactly. And, and and if anything, 
it, it, you know, it, it, it didn't have to be a touchdown. He's down at the one. You know, if you if you watch replays of of where he landed with the ball and popped out, it was, it was he, he should have been down at the one. I'm not saying give us a down, but give us at the one, and then with our offensive line, he would have easily plowed that one yard you know touchdown in. Ooh, see, now you're going after my heart talking about that prime set of beef that's there in Dallas. <laughs> but we'll get to that in a minute. I'm gonna go pop quiz around the table here. Start with you, Weasel Weasel. If the Cowboys get that catch, win that game, do they win the Super Bowl, Weasel? I think they could do it. Yes, Chris. No, they still had to go to um, Seattle. Well, because uh, Seattle- even, though, even though they already won earlier, I'd, I'd still say no, um, because they won earlier in the season. I always go against the team in the playoffs. They won. Well, that be that as it may, I can't. With as bad as the Seahawks looked in that game and needed a gift handed to them to win it, I think the Cowboys would have at least gotten to the Super Bowl. And maybe Jason Garrett blows it for him at the end of the game anyway, just like Pete Carroll did for the Seahawks. I don't know. Tony, what do you think? If they Do they win the Super Bowl if they get that catch? I think they go to Seattle. I think they beat Seattle. Uh, and I think it's a, it's a slugfest against the Patriots, man. And I, and I think if we're in that same position as Pete Carroll was, oh, yeah. I think 100% they run the ball. They don't, there's no passing. I would agree. I would agree. All right, well, enough about the reminiscing. Let's get to the current-day Dallas Cowboys here. Uh, now, now, you know up front, you know, no one has to be a fan or a follower of the Cowboys to know what DeMarco Murray did last year. All you have to do is occasionally watch some NFL news. And now that DeMarco Murray's not there, the question is, what is the answer in the running game? Tonio, that's my question to you, man. What do the what do the Cowboys do about that running game? Well, I... I um. You know, when, when DeMarco left, um, I was kind of discouraged about it because, you know, he put out 1845 and and uh, broke a lot of records for the Cowboys. But, uh, you know, at the same time, um can't look to the past. you got to move to the future. And they got they got the same offensive lineman they had, like, in 95, 96, man, when we were winning Super Bowls, man. So, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, so it's we got McFadden, Dunbar, Joseph Randall, I mean, it, it might be a little drop off, man, but you know, I, I just don't understand one thing about Jerry. I don't, I don't understand why he didn't go after Chris Johnson, um, or maybe even Ray Rice. You know, the Cowboys have never been uh, ashamed of going after players of past, obviously. Yeah. So I don't like them two running backs right there are better than the three we have right now. So I don't. That's one thing I didn't understand about the running game. Well, yeah, I mean, they already had Leo Collins with that whole situation with him at the draft and, and, and how he skipped out on the first round because of the allegations. And, I mean, I would argue that thanks to that, um, regardless of, you know, the outcome of the allegations and whether they were legitimate or not is a whole different debate. But you could certainly argue that the Cowboys made a steal getting Leo Collins like they did undrafted after, every, after the whole fiasco that happened after the draft. And, of course... We had the discussion about the prime choice beef. All they did was add a side of beef to the beef. You know, I, I, I like what you're talking about there. And to give you some credit, my man Weasel here did theorize that Ray Rice would be a cowboy. But it just doesn't seem to have panned at this point. It's The thing is, uh, it had happened, I think it was like four years ago, or the event happened uh, uh, that long ago. And it's like still a team's not going to take a chance on him. It's uh, it's because I think his... Uh, uh, his record, I don't think he had any like felonies or anything like that. Right. But what he did, it was, you know, it was pretty bad and stuff. 
but it was a while ago and he he's clearly he's you know worked to uh recover make it better right so uh but uh i got some little things about what the cowboys are going to do uh um replacing demarco murray okay so i'll just throw that out there okay 392 carries 1845 yards he did mention that 57 yeah. receptions 416 yards and you got 449 total touches for 22 61 total yards 13 touchdowns. And then we got guys, uh, Darren McFadden, Ryan Matthews, 2014. 12 starts for McFadden, uh, six for Matthews. Matthews is an eagle now, Chief. Ah, okay. <laughs> uh, Darren McFadden then, uh, 16 games, 155 attempts, 534 yards, two touchdowns, 36 receptions. So it's. I think it's going to be a lot, but I think when you have Tony Romo, when you have uh, uh, Des Bryant, I think they'll be all right. Don't forget the other old guy out there that's got a little bit of talent can knock people over after he knocks his gets his helmet knocked off. You know that guy Jason Witten, yeah, him. He's I. Right. <laughs> I don't know, but um. So uh, let me ask you this, Tonio: if if you were in the position where you were Jason Garrett and you were coaching the Cowboys, what would you do to try to keep this uh, to keep McFadden in line, like keep him from being hurt too much? Um, it's gonna have to be a um. Three running back monster. That's how it's going to have to be because McFadden has, hasn't proven that not one season he can just stay full healthy the whole season. You know, so it's. I mean, if you tell me this McFadden coming from, you know, 2005 Arkansas, then I'm like, oh yeah, I'm excited. But you know, this is 10 years later and he hasn't proved that he can stay healthy at all. You know, so it's. So you have to keep the rotation of Randall Dunbar and um, McFadden. Yeah. yeah, I like Dunbar and Randall, too. I mean, I, I think this is a group, and, I mean, you cited already, this is kind of like, uh, or I mean, that old, uh, you know, three-peat uh, cowboy crew. Um, that was a great line, obviously. But, I mean, I think it's going to be a situation like you saw with Shanahan's Broncos, where basically they have good blocking, they have good technique, and, you know, you could plug in, I don't know, you know, we, you can plug in Weasel, Weasel's grandmother, Weasel's mom, my mom, my grandma, whoever, and they're going to get a thousand yard season behind that crew just because. I mean, it, I, I think that's that's going to be the key is to use the multi headed monster, like you said. Uh, let's take it over to the exactly. defense. Yeah, let's take it over to the defense real quick. A um, lot of people missing there: Greg Hardy, Rolando McClain, um, and now uh, obviously Demarcus Murray is going to be out for a second year. Give me the shape of that defense. What do you think? What you think they're going to do in 2015? Well, they were they were a middle of the road uh, defense, and um, I think um, we guess that's also had contributed to the running game with Demarco Murray for them not to be on the field that much. But actually, I think this this year's defense is going to be a lot better than last year's defense. I mean, you got you know um, Sean Lee coming back. He was he could be one of the best linebackers in the game if he's healthy. Um, we picked that we drafted Byron Jones, who you know broke a lot of records at the combine, and um, you know I think he's going to be one of the one of the, one of the candidates for the rookie of the year. Going, you know, at, at a at a um, Nickelback. Um, maybe I, I would like to put him over Skandrick. I don't like Skandrick myself. Yeah. Um, Brandon Carr's all right. Um, you got your linebackers. When Greg Hardy comes back, you got him coming around the edge with Nancy. Um So I think. You know, our defense will improve on last year. We probably, I think we had the 19th ranked defense in the league at total, total yards. Um, I think we'll maybe be top 10 defense this year with Sean Lee at the helm. 
with um, Renault, uh, McLean and Carr and Skandrick and Byron Jones, Claiborne. You know, so you got, you got another rookie, Gregory, out there too. So, you know, we basically got three first-rounders, if you really think about it, three first-round talents in, in uh, Byron Jones, Gregory, and Leo Collins. That's a legit point. So, um, yeah, so I think, uh, you know, the defense would be top ten. Wow, top ten. Okay, I, I I see where you're going with the improvement, but you're throwing the gauntlet in the ring. Top ten defense uh, for the Dallas Cowboys this year. Okay. And oh, yeah, they were, they were 19 last year. I see them improving this year. You know, Like with all the additions we had and Sean Lee, Sean Lee's a, a major part of that team. If you ever watched him play the two years ago when he was actually healthy, he's a major, major part of that team. So um, we'll see what happens, but I think it's a top 10. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, you make a good case there. I've written down Byron Joes as a defensive rookie of the year candidate because, uh, I mean, I'm always looking for names that I should check out anyway because, I mean, I'm not a big draft guy. I got people for that, like Chris and Weasel, for example, to help me out, you know. But uh, <laughs> I, I got Byron Joes written down here. We'll see how that works. So uh, before we let you go, Tonio, the last question. It's time to put you on the line, my man. Dallas Cowboys finish with what record? I'm going to say 12 and 4. They'll repeat at 12 and 4. 12 and 4 for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Very good, my man. Win the, win the NFC East. And um, I see him in the NFC Championship game against Seattle. Okay. Hey, that That's not, you know, I can't front on that. I mean, look, I know people, I know there's people out there, haters, if you will, that will say that that's a homer pick. But I can tell you right now, there's at least two panelists that will be close, if not outright agree with you in the next segment. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I think it'll be them two in the NFC Championship game, especially, you know, the news from Green Bay of Jordan Nelson going down. So that that, that that's a big blow to Green Bay. Without but even question. with Jordan Nelson, I think we really got past Green Bay. Okay. There you go. Um Cool. You got a, you got anything you want to plug? Twitter handle, Facebook page, or anything like that before you go? Nah, man. I'm old school, man. I don't I don't know how to get on my space on Facebook <laughs> and Twitter and all that. Hey, so I guess I'll just have to look out. I just you. play. I just play football, cat. That's it. That's right. I'll just have to look out for you next time you're on the student of the game. I can't front on that. <laughs> all right, all right. Hey, man. Tony did a really good job, man. Strong take tonight. Uh, we'll have you on again sometime. Uh, but until then, we'll see you. We we'll see you next time. All right, man. Okay, Kyle. Thank right. you. Take care. Showtime. All right. Hey, not bad. Not bad for my man's first time out. Antonio Showtime Thomas doing his thing. I, 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 you know, I tell you, Weasel, we've been talking about the Dallas Cowboys with their running game situation. Uh, I mean, if they're going to get through it, he pretty much laid down that's how they're going to have to do it is with the beef and the three-headed monster. I, I don't think that's far off, you know. Yeah, you're going to have to uh, split it up. So, Bingo. I can't front on that. So, on to the next segment where we'll have friend of the show, Torian Johnson, a.k.a. Big TJ, on here. But until then, break time. Boom. You're listening to the student of the game. You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio.
So Chris, 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 do you recognize this? <laughs> I had to ask if you recognize the tune, Chris. I did. I mean, yeah, I did. <laughs> it's metal and it's eighties. It's brilliant. Don't front. See, Weasel's hiding his face. He wants to like it, but it's not hip hop, so he's pissed. I mean, you know. Anyways, enough about that. Because football, let's get into it. And I'm always excited to get into it with yours, mine, and everybody's favorite big man. If he's not your favorite big man, you just don't know it yet. My man, Tori and Don Johnson, better known to the world as Big TJ. What's going on, my man? Hey, man, I'm feeling good, man. Thanks for having me on, brother. It's been a while, but I'm glad to be back. Hey, is, hey, you know, when I heard you were trying to get back into it, I mean, like, the only reason why it took me long as it did to text you is because I think I dropped the phone. I was so excited to try <laughs> to get you on my show. That That's pretty much how it went, because, you know, I mean, look, you, you're, you're, you're a big man much like myself. I'm sitting here at my computer desk. I'm like, what? And then, like... It was a disaster, but it ended up being it being a good thing because we got you here on the show. So, hey. Look, absolutely, man. my brother. Absolutely. You know, I, I think the only thing that might actually soothe me when I think about Deflategate is uh, the sultry tone of an R&B song. So since you're about the closest thing I have in person to that, why don't you give me a little bit of a breakdown here talking about this whole Deflategate thing? Because you have the advantage of an intelligence and a smooth voice to help the medicine go down here, maybe for these people, just break this thing down a little bit for me, if you don't mind. Like, where, where do, you, how do you think it should end? What, what, what should be the final outcome? It, it should end with the suspension, man. And I think that a lot of people are tired of talking about it because, I mean, at the end of the day, we are talking about flat balls. But <laughs> you know, it, it's still, it's still, it's still cheating. You know, regardless of. You know, what you want to say, you know, as far as did they have an advantage, whatever, it's still cheating and they got caught. You know, uh, videotaping other teams' practices, they say, well, everybody's doing it. Okay, well, they didn't get caught. <laughs> they say, well, you know, other other teams are doing stuff to balls too, which sounds hilarious when you say it, but <laughs> they didn't get caught. So ultimately, here's the thing. It's like when I'm a kid, if I stick it to the kitchen and I get some cookies, I'm putting on pounds, but once my mom catches me, I have to accept the punishment and not whine and complain about it. And here's the thing, brother. The reason I think that the Patriots accepted the penalty and didn't fight it like Tom is doing is because I honestly know that if the NFL dug into the Patriots a little bit more, they would have found out some more shenanigans that were going on, too. So Kraft said, you know what? Let's just accept it and leave it alone. Because there is one word in the English language that makes Bob Kraft scared in the hands of one Roger Goodell. Subpoena. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. Because, if the, <laughs> man, if the NFL got in there over that, they'd be bringing up Spygate. It'd be crazy. Crazy. I'll tell you what. So, I don't know. It's a, we we, we uh, have agreed as a panel that he should get at least two games. Maybe he doesn't exactly know what a 12.5 PSI football feels like, but he damn sure acted like a guilty party. I'm just saying, you know, because destroying phones and things like that, you know, we've broken that part down a lot. We don't need to get into that part again. But, I mean, we are of one mind that a suspension should be incurred, whether it's two or four. I think at this point that's kind of uh, mincing the words. But uh, it'll be curious to see how that uh, turns out, just simply because it will impact the schedule and potential playoff future of the Patriots. So, I mean, hey, there you go. 
Uh, so, and something else, see, something else you and I were texting about, too, that I have to bring up, because now that I've read it, I found it interesting, too. Joe Thomas, an offensive lineman for the Cleveland Browns, pretty good, talented player for nothing, brought up something along the lines of this situation with Brady and the softballs, as I like to call them, uh, is essentially like a cop pulling somebody over for doing, I think, I forget the exact figure he used, 66 and a 65. 66 and a 65. Um, care to comment, Big TJ? <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's, it's funny that you, I mean, there's so many different ways that I can attack this. I mean, Joe Thomas coming at it the way he did when, I mean, I'm not going to talk about all the issues that people are having with police right now because I couldn't go there, but I'm not going to. <laughs> cops, cops, they're, they're getting beat up a lot, and, and, and they deserve some of what they're getting. But what I will say is if you're going to compare Tom Brady potentially getting a four-game suspension to somebody getting caught speeding and getting the death penalty, there is absolutely shenanigans and makes absolutely no sense. You say, okay. That's like getting caught, you know, going 66 in the 65 and losing your license for a year. Okay, because you'll eventually get your license back. Tom Brady will eventually get to play football again. We're not kicking him out of the game. Right. He's not, you know, so shamed that he's retiring. He's going to get to play the game, the game again if he is, in fact, suspended. So comparing it to life being lost... <laughs> I mean, that's absolutely ridiculous. And I didn't read everything that he had to say because once I saw that quote, I said, he's not worth my time anymore. Like, yeah. I just, I've got very little respect for somebody that could put something that ridiculous on wax. And that's exactly what he did. Yeah, no, I, I can't put it any better. And, and you know, I mean, you're, you went, you went uh, far more accurately, I might add, philosophical than I did. I mean, I was just thinking about the fact, look, maybe, maybe, I mean, I'm, I'm going to leave out the death penalty thing because, I mean, look, you nailed that. I ain't going to talk about that. Maybe this whole offense is kind of like 66 and a 65, like he said. But the part he's leaving out is the part where Brady gets out of the car, spits on the cop, yells at him for about three months, <laughs> and expects nothing more to happen to him. Let's be real for 30 right. seconds. He could have just gone to traffic court and that been the end of it. But he had to yank on the cop's chain and now we got a problem. Of course, the cop in case being the ginger hammer, Roger Goodell. I mean, I think I pretty much have that right. That, you know, Absolutely. <laughs> I dare you. I double dare you. I mean, uh, it, it's, you know, all the stuff we've said about Deflategate, I, I think the part where Joe Thomas is ridiculous is, is leaving all that out. But he does make the legitimate point that with all the, the drama that ensued uh, with this, the NFL is getting an awful lot of free pub. Um, whether you want to call it negative or positive or whatever, I'll tell you what. There's an increased sales in revenue for Patriots paraphernalia in the Boston area. And there's a lot more people that are going to be watching those games. Hell, even if he's suspended long enough to be playing the Jaguars suspended who who else would tune in that hard to watch Jimmy Garoppolo? I'm not saying he's a bad player. I'm just not saying. I'm just saying he's not a draw. There you go. I mean, to that extent, he has a legit point. But yeah, death penalty. Let's let's slow the roll. I can't put it any better than you did on that. So I think uh, with Garoppolo, it's like uh, the the problem is is that I think Brady is he's like 38 or so. 
He is pretty old. I think 38's yeah, correct. He's yeah. up there. And uh, something that I think the uh, the Broncos are doing with Brock Osweiler, um, you have Jimmy Garoppolo. It's like you got to find out, is he the quarterback that can re- replace Tom Brady as a franchise quarterback? So it still matters. Mm-hmm. He's getting he's going to get, if, I think it's going to be less, but four games, and he gets to show what he has. And if the Patriots are going to re-sign him later or let him go. I theorized a bit about another point to this, too, why Brady's so anxious to stay on the field is the last time he was taken off the field for any period of time, we saw the birth of one Matt Castle. Perhaps he's worried that he won't survive such a situation like that again. I'm not saying I think it's true or that it's even right, but try to get in the head of a big competitor and a big eagle like Tom Brady. No, calling Tom Brady an ego is not me knocking him. He's an NFL quarterback. They have egos and confidence. That's how this works, okay? So I think part of me in there is worried about the fact that Garoppolo, if he does well, will create, ridiculous as it sounds, a fan-based quarterback controversy. And, and, I mean, hell, it happened after the KC game last year, and it was even more ridiculous then. I think only if Brady stinks for those four or five games. Uh, four or five games back, well, then I, they'll do that. They're talking because it, it's Tom Brady. I don't know about four or five games back, but if he loses to the Colts, the team against which this whole thing happened, and, and it allegedly didn't matter that he had an advantage, it's that's when people the people are going to start chirping after game one if he gets the full four games, which I don't think he will. But we don't need to talk about that too much. Huh? Chris, anything to add? Are we ready about to talk some damn football here? No, I'm ready to get away, get away from the Patriots. It's too much to have one show. <laughs> Says the Giants fan. That's exactly what I would expect, and I can't front Oh, that. no. <laughs> Anyways, take it easy. You guys have played nice before, Big TJ. This ain't going to be a problem. <laughs> All right, my man. We had uh, my man Showtime Thomas aboard before talking a little bit of Cowboys, but I want to hit it real quick. Here's your chance. To let us know how you think they're going to do in 2015, there, Big TJ. You said the Cowboys. I did. All right, so here's 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 what we got to say. Everybody knows Demarco Murray is gone, and that's a huge, huge deal, my friend. I'm looking at their record as they're going to go back to the eight and eight days, man. That's they're going to go back to the eight eight days. And the reason I say that is because they brought in. You know, Darren McFadden, we already see what the deal is. They can have the greatest offensive line in the world. But the reason that Tony Romo looked confident last year is because you weren't depending on him 100%. You had the running game to depend on first, and then Tony Romo was able to do his thing in the shadows. Without a running game this year, he's going to go back to being the guy that we know that he is, and we're going to get that 8-8. Hmm, okay. I I mean, uh, the only thing I would front on with that theory is – I would say you're a little bit underestimating the beef that's in front of him, but 8-8 eight eight isn't bad. I mean, I think it's a little harsh, but I can see it. I can't front on that. I mean, I myself, I have him going 12-4 mostly because of the schedule because I have no belief in the Falcons. I have minimal belief in the Saints. The Bucks, ha! Look, let's put it this way. Four of these wins are, the, are against the Kim Kardashian of the NFL, the Kardashian sisters of the NFL, mind you, in the NFC South. And, oh, by the way, two games against the uh, Redskins, that's a gimme. I'm just calling that what it is. They split the rest of the division. Yeah. They got a solid setup with that schedule. I got 13-3. and three. And, oh, yeah, I forgot the Jets are on the schedule, too. Weasel. Cowboys, I got 11-5, and 5-1 five, five and one in the division. 
So it's just that McFadden needs to stay healthy. Because uh, the thing is, yeah, Tony Romo, he's got good weapons, but uh, having uh, DeMarco Murray, it really opened up the offense for him. See, and since I said 12-4, and four, you're not copying my paper. Boom. Chris, put a bow on it. Yeah, I, I still doesn't matter if DeMarco Murray's gone. Uh, I think it's insert running back. They're all going to have a good, you know, decent amount of uh, carries and yards this year with that offensive line. Um, I actually got them a little improving with um, going 13-3, and 4-2 and two in division. See, I already see, like, when the season ends and if they're, like, 9-7 and seven or 7-9 and nine or 8-8, eight and eight, Big TJ would be like, I told you, Kale. And I wouldn't blame you because you would have that right at that point. I'm just saying. Well, see, bro, I, I, I like that y'all are drinking the Kool-Aid. I absolutely like that y'all are drinking it. It's a, it's a festive blue Kool-Aid and y'all like it. But I, I just I can't buy in to Tony. The offensive line is absolutely ridiculous. I'll concede that they've got arguably the best offensive line in the game. But when you don't know who's running the ball and it's not getting consistency in the running game, Tony has to win the game. And this is the same guy that we've seen in the last five or six years who can definitely give you an 8-8. Definitely. All right. I mean, I, look, you, you actually, and I got to tell you this, Big TJ, because I never, I never told, you, told you about this before. With all the bonding that we've done, talking about Bojangles and Sloan from Entourage <laughs> and all that, there's one thing that I haven't told you that I've learned about you. Do you know when I've effed up in the eyes? You know when I've screwed up in the eyes of Big TJ? When he starts talking about drinking the Kool-Aid, I already know he think I screwed up. That's what... <laughs> Anyways, speaking of things that are screwed up, Washington Redskins, Weasel. Oh, gosh, here we go. <laughs> Dumpster fire. I, I got to talk about Robert Griffin the third RG three. Actually, I, I big teacher. I got to tell you, this is my fault as a host because I told Weasel he could ask you a question about this. So Weasel, ask the man your question about the skin. Well, I got a little little background first. Go. Sorry, I had to. Okay, so RG three, uh, he has had three concussions that I know of. Uh, one was in college. He was uh, playing with Baylor, and I think the following week, uh, well, he got a he got a concussion. And the following week, he played, like, Texas A&M and, like, uh, blew up. He had a great game. Uh, 2012, uh, he got, I think, rocked. His rookie he, year, specifically. I think it was the, the year after, I'm pretty sure. 2012? That's uh, his rookie year. Okay. But he had a pretty bad injury. You have – he had a bad concussion. Uh, Shanahan, there's a whole thing about if he should go in or not. Once again, he came back from uh, a concussion. Now, this is the preseason – and all I got to say is I, I was looking around, you know, to see what I could find. And this is RG3's problem right here. It is that uh, Gruden, he was uh, he made sure that everyone knew that Griffin, he tried to convince other team doctors that he was fine and that he didn't suffer a concussion because the guy, I think he's like in a, I need to get my job back mode. But the thing about it is that He's endangering his health if he, you know, keeps on coming back and gets these. And I think the, uh, I think pretty bad. What uh, unlike the Cowboys, the Redskins have a pretty terrible uh, offensive line. So, uh, what's your take on uh, RG three? Uh, should he come back or what should he do? If if I'm RG three, I'm ready to leave Washington. Uh, it's obvious that the coaching, the coaching staff, your head coach doesn't have faith in you. And the one thing that I'll say about a hybrid type quarterback, which is what RG3 has been 
uh, is being one that can run and pass, you have to go to a, a team that they're willing to build a system around you. You're not going to be morphed into what they want you to be. It happened with Cordell Stewart going way back. It happened with Vic in Atlanta. Uh, it happened with Vince Young. You're not going to be that guy that they want you to be in that system. So you're perceived to be a, a coach killer, but you, you just they can't make you into something that you're not. They have to build a system and, and to, to highlight your strength. They're not going to do that in Washington. So to answer your question, should he come back? No. He should he, he should not. I mean, he's going to play this year because he wants to prove everybody wrong, but the only thing he's going to do is actually prove everybody right that he's they're gonna be, he's going to look washed up, uh, and, and it should. It's a sad case because what we saw in 2012 was absolutely phenomenal, and it's only because of poor management uh, that you know we we didn't see how far he could actually go. And in regards to Washington as a whole, I I, I mean it's an absolute you know as y'all said it was a dumpster fire, a clown shoot. You know we're <laughs> laughing at it, man. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's an episode of Modern Family. I'm watching it, and I'm just like, I don't know what's going to happen um, other than the fact that, you know, everybody's going to get a couple wins off of them, and they're going to be looking to use that top pick that they get finally to get a quarterback. Bingo. Just want to say, uh, when you're talking about RG3 going to a different team, I think a good fit would be possibly the Bears because they got a John Fox. And one thing about him is that when he was with the Broncos, he took, he took Tebow. And they won a, one playoff game. And the thing was, was that he structured that offense, even though it was pretty vanilla, which is option reads and stuff like that. Well, not just vanilla, but high school. I mean, it was it was yeah. it was darn standard. But I think what you're saying is exactly true to uh, Big TJ's point. It was molded to the quarterback, not verse vice. Right. So you just got to he's got to go to a team that will uh, maybe uh, uh, embrace. Rep, embrace it. Yeah. Embrace him and. Uh, uh, just uh, 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 just accept him and uh, see what he has. Okay, so how many wins and losses do you have for the dumpster fire there, Weasel? <laughs> well, I got uh, three and 13 and uh, one and five in the division. So it's uh, any, and the thing about it is that that offensive line, if they continue to be that terrible as they've been in the preseason, I don't know what the quarterback's going to be left, so... <laughs> RJ3 RJ3 will be the least of their problems. Chris. <laughs> yeah, I'm so I'm with Reasonable how bad that offensive line is. Um last year they're four and twelve. This year I do see them stepping them back. I am going three and thirteen as well as Weasel. Um but I got I'm going two and four in division just because it's the and it's um the division, the NFC East. Fair enough. Big TJ. I'm going three and thirteen with Weasley, man. I absolutely agree. Uh, they'll get you know one win in the division just because somebody's going to have a bad day. Um, but other than that, they're they're competing for the number one overall pick next year. Look at all this optimism. Look, I may be odd to believe this, but I'm actually a bigger hater than all y'all. Look, if you don't have a single quarterback that can play, if you don't have an offensive line that can even let that running back core get some yards. The defense can't score that many points, at least not without being in Seattle, Arizona, or St. Louis. 1-15 for your Washington Redskins, 0-6 in the division, and I'm giving them that one because they have the Jets, uh, the... I'm looking at the schedule again. I thought they had another weaker game. than No, it's because they have the, the Jets Bears. on the schedule. They do have the Bears on there. 
Uh, I'm not even convinced they can win that damn game. The Panthers on there, that'll be interesting too. The Bucks, that's it. Uh, basically because they're playing the Kardashian sisters of the NFL, that is the NFC South, they're going to get one of them. 0-6 in the division, 1-15 for the Washington Redskins. I haven't said it twice, so everybody knows how to set it. Damn. <laughs> Chris, Giants, go. This team, it's you never know what they're going to get with the Giants. Um, the only good thing that's coming back is they're getting Victor Cruz back. Um, their offensive line, they, you know, they made a little bit of improvement there. Defense, they didn't do as much. Um, I think they're actually going to mirror the same record they had last year. I think they're going to go six and ten, two and four in the division. Fair enough, Weasel. Which one? Giants. Uh, well, a little thing about Jason Pierre-Paul. Uh, <laughs> looks like I was well, gonna, I couldn't. I had the name of that guy that that defensive end in my hand, but I couldn't put my finger on it. Uh, Boom. Well, it sounds like on Twitter he had did have a. Uh, uh, a humorous approach to it, but you uh, <laughs> even more than that. <laughs> yeah, but uh, uh, the thing is, is that he's lo- looking to be back with the Giants possibly before Week One, and uh, they did take off the sixty million dollar contract offer. But I think still, if he passes, I guess the physical and uh, all that kind of stuff, I think the franchise tag about thirteen point eight million or so. I think that's still on the table. So his return, I mean, it's huge for the. Uh, the defense, because if you can have the best cornerbacks in the uh, cornerbacks, they see you could have the best ones in the NFL. But if there's no pressure, yep. they could run around everywhere. Yeah. Well, I, hey, look, I'm, I'm gonna be in this in this p- particular set of uh, belief right here. I, I don't think JPP is going to be a fraction of what he was, and he already was declining from you know his just because his uh, his head doesn't seem to be in it like it used to. Certain things he said in the press, things like that. I mean, look, I enjoy this running back core. You know, I, I like what they're doing there. You know, Shane Vereen, excellent pickup there. Um, I, I think they have a good committee. Not quite as good as I have when they actually went to and won Super Bowls at 9-7 and seven records, but something that's formidable. And what TJ said about Romo I think is also true of Eli. A balanced attack is a must. Just on, just on occasion, when they had a good running back that wasn't hurt, they were miles better already. When you put it in Eli Manning's hands, you have a problem. We've made the joke on this show that, you know, he, he tries to get into the Disney and it can't work because his pass gets intercepted at the gate. You know, that, that can't happen, obviously. Kind of, That's how we lost to the Niners is five picks in a game. Weasel. kind of helps that he, you got a Odell Beckham Jr. and you have uh, – I believe it's Victor Cruz coming back. Adam last year still does the same damn thing. Well, Odell Beckham Jr., it's like a different quarterback with Eli because he's he had like, you know, interceptions were way up there against touchdowns and everything like that. Uh, fifth game of the season when he Odell Beckham Jr. came, uh, that offense blew up. So Look, because my man TJ's on the show, I'm going to go this way. I'm glad you're drinking the blue Kool-Aid there, okay? Hey, I picked Odell Beckham Jr. as my rookie of the year offensively as well, too, in that same show with you. But it's not enough for this team. It has to be a balanced attack in the air and on the ground. And and, and to Chris's point, you never know what they're going to do. All the schmack I'm talking, I don't necessarily think they're bad either. And because this team has been unpredictable for years. That's what they do. And no matter how hard I try to do my research differently, I keep coming up with the same conclusion for the past three years. And I'm not doing it as a joke. It keeps happening. 
Eight and eight overall. Three and three in the division. Ugh. Big TJ, Giants. No, look, you, you guys have already made all the points for me, and I thought the Giants fan was going to put up more of a fight than that, so I'm thankful for him not because I thought it was going to be a little back and forth. <laughs> but when <laughs> when I look at, you know, the Giants, it, it's, you know, we're talking about Eli. Ultimately, that's it. We're talking about Eli because the running game, I mean, I think that they do have uh, a better attack than they've had in recent years, but ultimately what production they get from that game is going to be determinant on how well they do because Eli Manning is he's Eli. I mean, you look at him on the sideline when he's just sitting there and you never know what he's thinking. If he's thinking about the game or if he's thinking about cotton candy. You really never know what's going on inside his head and, and I just you see some of the plays that he makes and you get disappointed because he apparently wants to be the highest paid player in the game. So <laughs> he's the guy that, you know, has got two Super Bowl rings but you just you don't want to count on them. You want to count them out. And I just I look at that team. I look at that defense. That defense doesn't necessarily scare me like it used to. Um, and even though he does have Odell Beckham Jr. Victor Cruz coming back, he's got James Jones now yeah. as another option who is, who is dependable. Um, but, you know, it's still Eli throwing the ball. So he can either throw five touchdowns in the game or he's going to give you four interceptions in the game. You just don't know what to expect. I'm going to give him eight mate. More unpredictable, Eli Manning or Joe Flacco? TJ. More unpredictable, Eli. Ah, see, because it's Flacco's always going to suck. Boom! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that setup, brother. Weasel, wrap it up with the Giants. Well, I got them uh, not improving. <laughs> I have them not improving. 5-11, 3-3 uh, three three in the division. Dang, I want the record to show that the biggest hater on the Giants in this discussion was the Vikings fan. Not the Eagles fan. What'd you say for the division again? I didn't hear you. Three and three. Three and three. Bingo. Poof. With that, we're going to take it to my man, Big TJ, and his heart and his love and his soul in football, in the NFL at least, the Philadelphia Eagles. Let us know what you think, brother. First of all, actually, before you, before you do the breakdown, hold yeah. on, hold on. I got to ask this first. This is my bad. I got to ask this first. I know by now you've probably seen the hit on Bradford via T-Sizzle in the Raider, uh, Ravens preseason game yes yes thoughts it's football <laughs> it's football i'm i'm not i'm not gonna make a big deal about it it's football that was his opportunity to get a hit off and the thing about it was chip says it wasn't a read option but it obviously was right. um when you look at the play it was a read option play so when you put sam bradford in that particular in that particular situation where a guy like terrell says who's known for laying down wood on quarterback unintended but yes Go for it. Fair enough. I mean, okay, I, I like I, I get that part of it. It was an illegal hit, but you didn't feel like he kind of targeted his legs. I mean, if you want to knock someone the hell out, you go head up and you hit him in the chest. I'm just saying. No, absolutely. He went right for the for the weak spot, but that's just it. You know, that's that's why, you know, you lie on injury reports. You don't tell people where you hurt. I've got a knee brace, so if somebody wants to fight me, they're gonna go for my legs first. Sam Bradford, he, 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 it's almost like having T-Mac back. It's got Sam Bradford's knees. You know it's coming. So, absolutely, I would expect t Silver to go for the legs. I don't hate him for that. Uh, just trying to understand it because uh, when I saw it, uh, he ended up handing the ball off, and he dropped. He was dropping back. Right, it was playing. And uh, the, uh, the reason why it was a quote-unquote legal hit is because uh, 
when he hands off the ball, he's not a quarterback anymore. He's a blocker. He doesn't get that special protection. Right. So uh, I think it's like the thing about it was that he went low. He could have he could have rocked him high. Like and but the thing was, was it was right towards the knee, legal. But the thing was is it was just it was a dirty play. So, so I'll say this. I'll say this for TJ's point too, though. If it wasn't Sam Bradford, and if it wasn't anybody named Manning or Brady, um, or Aaron Rodgers, are we talking about this? Probably not. Huh? Probably like no. if this happened to Cam, probably not. Right? No. You know. Yeah, it kind of matters. So, anything to add to that, Chris? No, I just go give him a participation trophy. <laughs> he went James Harrison on you. I love it. <laughs> oh, all right. Break down the Eagles, Big TJ. All right. Thinking about my Eagles, man, this is an opportunity for me to stand on my soapbox right quick and say, you know, Tip Kelly is absolutely ridiculous. This is either going to be the greatest show on earth, like the Rams were back in the day, or it's going to be a complete dumpster fire. I'm hoping for, you know, the, the, the success. Um, but if it is a dumpster fire, I hope that they let him go. Here's, here's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at a 12 and 4 season is what I want. I, I've, I've been on the record saying this season going to be 12 and 4, 4 and 12, um, because once Sam Bradford goes down, because Sam Bradford has shown that when he's healthy, he can't have success. But there's that big if on it whenever we're talking about it. If he goes down, look at what we have behind him. We've got Mark Sanchez. And Tim Tebow, and I'm not even going to bring up Matt Barkley because Matt Barkley's on the trading block, but he's still a USC quarterback, so he sucks anyway. <laughs> if 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 Sam Bradford goes down, I would much rather them put Tebow in and just run the ball constantly than to put Sanchez in and let him do what he did over the span of four games last season, which it seems like he threw all 16 interceptions in those four games. He was absolutely garbage. When I look at the weapons, I'm absolutely excited about the weapons. Even though we let go of Shady, even though we let go of Jeremy Macklin, I still like the DeMarco Murray pickup. I still like the big bringing in Ryan Matthews. I like Aguilar. I like the receiving core, even though Ryan, uh, Ryan Cooper, Riley Cooper might not like me, I like him. <laughs> defensively, defensively, we've got a secondary that I, I'm, I'm actually proud to put my name on now. We extended Kendricks. So that means he's going to be a middle linebacker for a while, and I like his energy when he's healthy. But I don't know if all of this is going to gel in the regular season. Putting up 40 points on Baltimore in the preseason means absolutely nothing for winning a Super Bowl. But I like the the, the attempt. I think that it can be great knowing what Tip has done in the past. We've had two 10-6 seasons back-to-back under him. So I'm going to say 12-4. and four. Well, I'll say this for you, Big TJ. You want to be careful about one thing, and I suggest you study a map of the United States very carefully because, as I understand it, in order to do anything having to do with Chip Kelly, you have to be able to find Oregon on a map. That's what a person... Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Look, all I can say, they're fast. They're fast. That's the one thing that Oregon produces, apparently, is fast people. Yes, yeah. I, well, I mean, and hey, I'll tell you what. The thing that beats that 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 uh, Oregon team constantly is power teams, and and I bring that up right now in this NFL discussion because the Pac-12, thanks to that, has maybe looked like I actually know what I'm talking about in college on occasion. But I digress. Yeah. 
At any rate, you know, I, I can't share quite in your optimism, but man, I love the way you threw it down. It's either going to be great until it's not. And in light of the fact that he's had enough people to pass his geography test as where is the state of Oregon, there's hope. First of all, I like the fact that you think Tebow should be on this squad. I know Weasel does, right? Yeah, why not? Do the thing. Do the th- do Tebow. Closer to the Tebow. mic so everybody knows you're creeping Tebow. out. Tebow. There you go. Tebow. That's the thing. That's You know, he's been waiting all day for that. But, <laughs> Dude, I love the guy. I absolutely love the guy. I respect, too. He, and I, he has a place on this team um, in, the, in the preseason he, he, he The way he looks is exactly what I expected. You know, not every pass is perfect, but that play action is fooling the heck out of people at the end of the day. I mean, I'll leave it at that. Uh, <laughs> the people are well aware of, of feelings of USC quarterbacks from Big TJ and overall on this show, I suppose, as well. I, I can't front at that. The, right. only one, <laughs> the only one I've defended right. is Carson Palmer, and we don't have time to have that right. debate right now. <laughs> right. It's just not fair. I have to try to find a way to go on, damn it. (laughs) But um, the one thing I will have to call you out on the carpet, though, for Big TJ is you're going through those running backs, and you did not mention my man Darren Sproles doing his thing, too. Look, (laughs) that is an essential running back type in this offense, in my ever-so-humble opinion. That can be that dual threat of run and pass. Now, hopefully he can make it through an entire season. But if he can't, that's a good running back core. I like what they're doing there. I love the linebackers. And provided Kiko Alonso can uh, save himself, or rather recover, I should say, from their uh, concussion issues. Right. Uh, what is it? Kiko Alonso, D'Amico Ryans. Uh, Michael Kendricks. Thank you, Michael Kendricks. Connor Barwin. Yeah, they did lose Trent Cole, but that's still a badass crew. I'm a big fan of it. Their corners are okay. I can't front on that. But at day's end, Sam Bradford being hurt is the problem. He is going to not finish this season just because. Nine and seven on the strength of that. Three and three in the division. Weasel. Quick thing on Kiko Alonso. Uh, he got a the concussion. He got it on August 9th. Right. And the thing was, was he was having lingering effects. And he says that this was his first uh, concussion, quote unquote. You never know. But... Uh, it took him over two weeks to come back from that concussion. Uh, he's now, you know, feeling better and everything, so he's hoping to play this weekend. That's right. But uh, uh, one thing that I'm uh, curious about, I'll just say my, my record first. Just, uh, I think they just need another year with that offense. Uh, but I'm going to give them 9-7, and seven, higher if Bradford plays. But my question to Big Tej is that we got, uh, you got fantasy football and you got sleepers. And one of them that I'm, I'm seeing in multiple – uh, multiple places is uh, wide receiver Nelson Aguilar. I don't know if I pronounced that right, but supposedly going to be. I told you how to say it er- er- earlier. Gotcha. He, he dropped his name. Well, well, well. You're not paying attention to Big T. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, how do you see him making an impact uh, as a rookie this year? Absolutely, see him making an impact because the, the one thing that I like about Aguilar is the fact that he can take the top off of the defense. You've got two big receivers on the outside and Cooper and Jordan Matthews. And then you've got all that intermediate stuff going on for Aguilar. He's already shown his range a little bit in the preseason. And yes, it is preseason, so I don't want to give it too much props. But still, uh, I, I like the way he fits in in the system. If you are a fantasy footballer, I would definitely suggest giving him a look for that uh, WR, WT position that they have, that transitional position, because he, he's 
he's not always going to give you number one numbers, but he will surprise you because in the right matchup, he can kill anybody. All right, thank you. There you go. Knowledge as it should be dropped. Uh, Chris, Eagles. Yeah, I, I I think the Eagles are going to improve this year um, with the addition of DeMarco Murray and um, Ryan Matthews running back. Uh, I got them going 11-5, and 4-2. and two. Um, I just got them losing in the division. I'm picking a wild, getting a wild card. Fair enough. So there's, I think, I think we all seem to have the Cowboys winning division, except for my man Big TJ, who thinks we're all guilty of crimes against no crimes involving blue Kool Aid. We'll see though. I can't run yeah, on that. You love it. It's got a lot of sugar. In it. <laughs> hey, blue raspberry is a good flavor. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> too much, too much sugar. I can't take it. You see, he doesn't like it that sweet, but not too sweet. Oh no, no! You're so, trying to make you're trying to make me diabetic. I can't do it. <laughs> hey man, before we let you go, I got to ask you first. Have you heard about this nonsense with Chris Carter in the uh, in the uh, uh, rookie symposium and the statements he made about fall guys? Uh, yes, I have. And you know what? Look, being a fan of the the, the movie, well, not the movie, the movie Blue, but being a fan of the show Entourage. I I absolutely think that you should have a fall guy. Look, hey, bro, if I had the money now, I would have a fall guy because there are things that I enjoy doing that I shouldn't be doing as a 32-year-old parent. So if I had somebody just to be like, hey, man, handle that for me and, and not have to worry about getting in trouble with Johnny Law, I would be okay with that because I'm going to be honest. I have issues with authority. So if a cop approaches me, it's probably not going to end well for me. I'm just going to go ahead and put that out there. So having a fall guy would be absolutely phenomenal. I like Andy Dalton as my fall guy because he's horrible. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> hey, I can't I can't get on your case too much. We did have some Joe Flacco schmack earlier, so fair enough. I can I can work with that. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Dude, I don't know if y'all are watching the game, man, but Andy Dalton has thrown two interceptions to the Bucks defense, and they haven't. Cincinnati hasn't put up a point. It's absolutely horrible. Yeah, I'm surprised by that. You should be. <laughs> hippie anyways by the way on occasion weasel does get brave and talks back on andy dalton you know a, a quick one four playoff games one touchdown thrown carry oh, on oh yeah how many how many how many <laughs> carry on how many wins for your vikings in the playoffs yeah exactly yeah how's that how's that feel yeah the same amount of wins as, hey, as they, cleveland they, <laughs> as Cincinnati. They were away from the super bowl man what's that the vikings were a bounty gate away from the super bowl Oh yeah, no. I, I I watched that game again the other day, and um, how cl- I, it, the how close that game was escaped me. And that was that was a good game. It was unfortunate that you know, oh my gosh, I'm having to defend Brett Favre. Ugh. But it was unfortunate that that all went down the way it did. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty sickening. Yeah. See, you respect. I mean, you know, a guy is going to be talked about as a first ballot Hall of Famer while holding the record for career interceptions. But I digress. All right, man. Wow, we could we could probably keep this going for another hour, but hell, I have a bedtime too. <laughs> Big TJ, tell all the people where you can be found, my friend. Uh, you can find me on uh, you know on Kyle's uh, Facebook feed. Um, I'm not on Twitter. Uh, I'm, I'm not I'm not doing shows, and I'm loving it. I just get in where I fit in, and that's pretty much it. So, thanks for having me, man. So great. 
Hey, there'll be another time. Know that. I have no problem with you being at large because I can invite you on more often as a guest. Boom. Yeah, that's right. I got greedy about it. What you going to do? <laughs> exactly. TJ, man, an honor, a privilege. And if, if you do have the privilege to be throwing down some Bojangles tonight, I hope you enjoy it thoroughly. Hey, man, y'all be blessed, man, and we'll talk soon. All right, be cool, brother. Thank you so much. So that was Big TJ. And he ain't even plugging nothing right now. He's just here to talk football and still doing it like a boss, much like Antonio Showtime Thomas did. And then, of course, Juan Saley did his thing. Thank you to the three of them for the awesome. That'll do it for us tonight, though, here on The Student of the Game. We had an extra special, extra long version with our final set of previews. But until next time, class dismissed. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.